You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. If you're looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, especially your Google ads, you have tuned in to the right podcast. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this marketing focus show, and it's awesome to have you tuning in. So thank you for joining me to talk about one of my favorite subjects, Google ads. In today's episode, we're getting into the core of Google ads for e-commerce. We're getting into the keyword ads that you run on the Google search engine itself. And I'm joined by the brilliant Justin Seibert. He's back on the show, uh, his second appearance, and he's joining us to talk about the latest techniques, the latest news around the world of Google keywords. Yes, we will be talking about broad match modifier. Yes, we will be talking about dynamic search and a whole host of other stuff. Before we do, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash Masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with Google Ads expert Justin Seibert. Justin is the president of Direct Online Marketing, a top 200 premier Google partner who have clients all over the world. Justin's been named on the Hannapin Marketing Top 25 Most Influential Pay-Per-Click Advertising Expert list three years running. Yes, three years running. Um, So we are very, very lucky to have him here sharing the latest tips and tricks for your keyword search campaigns. Hello, Justin. Hey, Chloe, thanks for having me back. It's great to have you here because last time you were here helping us out with free Google shopping campaigns when Google announced that. And this time we get to talk about one of your favorite topics rather than me going, please cover this for me. Uh, (laughs) So this one should should be even more fun than the last one. Um, Before we get into what's going on now in keywords, how did you end up in Google ads in this wonderful world of Google ads? I didn't study in college. So it's not like I had a lot of opportunities afterwards. And I moved out to Los Angeles just because I wanted to move to LA after graduating from Vanderbilt University. Um, After about two years, I ended up working for a financial company. And I didn't really have a position there. They just kind of hired me to figure they'd do something with me eventually. And after a few months, they said, you know, we've been really successful in one form of marketing. And I don't want to get into a tangent, but it was long form radio, which blows my mind. Very successful in it. Wow. But they said for us to grow, we need another marketing leg. We think it's the internet. Go figure this out. So this is in 2001. Nice. I had no background in this whatsoever. Um, I really didn't know anything, but it was the wild, wild west days, as you remember, for digital marketing. Mm -hmm. I was able to try things out. So this was, I think, the first year that really Google Ads or at that point, Google AdWords had come out. I didn't even start on Google Ads. I started on GoTo.com, which was later acquired by Overture, which later was acquired by Yahoo Search Marketing, and then, of course, the Microsoft Yahoo Alliance. So I've been in it for a very long time. As you mentioned, keywords are one of my favorite subjects, but... um, What I loved about working there was it wasn't about being clever or winning awards or or funny. It was all about, did we make money from doing this or not? 
And so when I started with the company in 2001, they were a $25 million a year company. When I left in 2006, they were doing $35 million a year, just attributable to Google and to Overture. So they had an amazing management team, a great sales force. We had a good market for uh, the financial products we were selling. So I don't take credit for that. What I what it did though was open my eyes to say that at a time people were still thinking the internet may not be a real thing as crazy as that seems today in 2021 Mm -hmm. i knew that it worked i saw the numbers and the model made sense within search because people were actively looking for something and you're making sure that you're showing up when they're looking for something that you're offering so um, maybe a longer answer than you wanted but that's how i got involved no, but I think it, it's it was so exciting to be involved with it back in those days. I, I often refer to my time back then as being the kid in the candy shop because there wasn't a lot of oversight uh, from the bosses because they didn't really know what you were doing. Um, and there was just so much opportunity because competition levels were low. Everyone was still learning. I, th- I think I was going to say access to the best people in the industry was really easy because there weren't many of us doing it. But actually, I think now with the advent of podcasts and Clubhouse and all these kind of places, actually, the access to the best people in the industry is still really good or has come back again. You mentioned when you were saying about it that it was obviously, in retrospect, it was always going to work for that company because you're able to put them in front of people who were looking for them. And I think for me, that's what has always stood out about Google Ads keyword activity is it's pretty much the only advertising platform or the only platform where we can put our business in front of someone who's actually looking to buy our product. And that power and that kind of uniqueness Obviously, your Bing ads as well, you know, the Microsoft Ad Center and Bing ads as well. But pretty much it's the only platform where we can do that still, which I guess is why why the longevity and the, the performance of it has continued. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Google um, behemoth actually spun out Alphabet, but all their money comes from ads, you know, and what they've tried to do for a long time. And I think they're doing really now for maybe the last 12 months for the first time very successfully for direct response advertisers where they weren't as successful before. Um, But they've always been about how do we build out our display network? How do we maximize the acquisition of YouTube to reach people in the same kind of way that we do in search? Because search is going to be limited inherently by the number of people that are searching for a given product or service, whatever keyword phrases that they're using. Mm-hmm. display video, virtually limitless, it, and you can be in front of the right audiences. So this, you know, Google's wanted to go here forever. Again, I think they're starting to finally get there, but it, you know, I'm, I'm nostalgic and still love keywords. And, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the building block of everything that's made Google successful. So I'm, I'm going to approach today's uh, our chat today as though our audience are already doing something with Google keyword ads. So this isn't the the beginners, although I suspect a lot of people who are doing something are not ticking all the boxes or opening all the, the boxes and pulling all the levers they could be. So we'll go with the kind of like the medium experience Google ads audience is what we've got out there, guys. So I'm hoping that's who we have actually got listening because that would be good, but that's where we're going we're gonna to go with this one. So what people who are running their own Google ads always want to know, or those who are managing an agency, is what's happening, what's new, what's the thing we should really be 
worrying about or getting on with in our Google keyword ads at the moment? So what's what's top of your, your mind on that? On the keyword side of things, the big thing that people were talking about, Google made an announcement that starting back in February, that phrase match keywords were going to start acting like modified broad keywords and that modified broad keywords are in essence going to go away. So come July of this year for all the major European languages, um, you can no longer enter any modified broad keywords, although they can still live in your account, um, but you're only going to be able to enter phrase match keywords. So that's really the the, the giant change. Um, historically, you'll remember, you know, originally you only had broad match, mm-hmm. phrase match, exact match, and negative keywords. And you can do negatives as phrase or exact or broad. I use the kid in the candy store. That's how I felt when they came out with modified broad because it was just such a nice niche between broad where you had a lot of wasted spend and was really had to do a ton of negative keywords and phrase that just didn't get all the variations that you were looking for. And so um, I, I died a little bit inside when they announced that modified broad was going away. But after we've been through it, we've been thinking through it, we're talking here internally, we're, we're looking at the accounts um, of our clients. Um, I don't think it's as big of a deal as we thought it was going to be. Um, so I, I'm, I guess I'm more hopeful uh, about this than I would have been if we would have had, if we would have recorded this back in February. So with with all the, you know, looking at it and delving into it, you've done, is this the case that it's something which we don't need to go back and change what we've already got set up from a broad match to a phrase and that going forwards, we just need to think of phrase in the same way we would have done broad match modifier? Is it that simple or is it a little bit more nuanced? Um, it, it's slightly more nuanced, but I think from a high level, that's a that's a great summary of it. You know, I, we're going to have to get used to just doing phrase match and understand that variants are going to come in from that. We're going to have to make sure that we're doing negative keywords that that makes sense. Um, I think for the bigger impact will be for agencies or managers of accounts that have separated out keywords by match type which has not been our approach typically with accounts. So it doesn't impact us quite as much. If you are an agency or a person that's been doing that, you probably have a little bit more work to do to, to start to, to clean up the accounts. But um, it's not like these are going away and then you're just not going to show anymore. Uh, you'll see a little bit of fluctuation. I think you do need to pay attention to how those phrase match keywords are um, performing and looking at your search query reports, which we would always recommend anyway, but I, I, I think you're okay there. The one thing I might recommend, if done wisely, I'm a big fan of dynamic search, even more so if you have a, a robust site, even more so if you're in an e-commerce situation, um, from a research standpoint, hopefully from a performance standpoint as well, but also from a research standpoint, so you can find those keywords that you wouldn't come up with naturally on your own. So I think that might be something that people want to do a little bit more of with these changes taking effect. So I want to come on to just a couple of areas which I think people may or may not may not have been familiar with. So what we're saying is that on the if you've got a lot of phrase matches in your existing account, then you want to keep on with those search keyword reports because they're going to start showing for things they previously weren't. So the it's almost the legacy phrase match is where our largest bulk of work is going to be with this change. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, great clarification. Okay, cool. And then um, dynamic search. I'll be honest, I get what the two words mean, 
but <laughs> I don't spend anywhere near as much time as I used to in Google keywords. So I'm guessing that, you know, and, and lots of new stuff comes into Google, even if it only happened three years ago and we may have ignored it. Um, so, because we were, we, I did, um, the la- in the last episode, for example, we were talking about Google shopping campaigns and how so many people still don't use custom labels and they were new about a decade ago. I exaggerate slightly. Um, so dynamic search, just explain a little bit about what that is. I'm guessing we're talking at the campaign type level. So the dynamic search is where you give Google a little bit more control and you say, I want you, Google, to scan my site or what we'd recommend specific pages or sections of your site. Because one of the big mistakes we'll see is that people will do it for the site wide. And then, for example, if you have a blog and it picks that up, then you're going to see really weird stuff that you don't want to advertise get in there. So you do that. You need to be smart. You want to put negative keywords in there as well. We'd always recommend putting in your brand name as a negative keyword. Otherwise, it's going to make your dynamic search look really good, much more so than it is. Um, But Google will scan the content of your site or of those pages, and you will put in ads. Google will generate a dynamic title, so you don't have control over that title, but you do have control over what the description lines of those ads are, and then it'll have your ad appear. So it's still a search ad. It still functions in many of the same ways, but you're just telling Google, I'm not going to be able to think of all of the different ways that my potential buyer would search for what we're offering. Can you help me out here? And some of it will be good. Some will be bad. You know, you just can't be lazy about it. You have to go through and actually prune and weed and, you know, don't go with a huge budget at first, you know, really just make sure that you're doing it in a smart way. So I guess that's quite a good way for someone who wants to start expanding to start testing, you know, if, if there's they've only ever been on one category of products, they could put the next category of products through that process. But I guess for for those who are quite experienced, it's quite a good way to have it. Would you would you kind of have it running as a test bed, so it would help you find keywords you'd never thought of. Yeah, exactly. So then you would take those out once you find them and put them into appropriate campaigns and ad groups or create appropriate campaigns and ad groups for those. So you're consistently moving it over and not just keeping things in there. Got it. Very nice. Okay. So we've covered uh, the broad match modifier change. Uh, we talked a bit about dynamic search. What else is, uh, is, is driving great performance with keyword ads at the moment? I think the biggest thing that we have to understand is what Google's done in terms of uh, automation. And they've been pushing it for over a decade now. We, and me personally, I I dug my heels in and because we didn't see the results and didn't trust Google. And frankly, it wasn't that great for a long time. (laughs) Um, They finally, over the last couple years, have started to get better at some of those things. So they've introduced a word that my my reps at Google know not to use in front of me. It starts with O and ends in score. I hate this word. It feels like a big marketing ploy. Um, if you've been in the account, you'll recognize what that what that phrase is. But they're trying to push people towards more of that optimization. And we'll t- I'm happy to dive into this. It's one of my favorite topics of you know what Google does that's good for you and what Google does that's good for Google and how do you kind of s- sort through that minefield. But overall, they're much better at that automation piece. They're much better at the machine learning piece. So we would recommend that um, that you're taking advantage of that um, for your automated bidding strategies. 
but but none of it matters if you're not getting conversions. So you have to you have to start with that baseline of getting people to take the actions that you want on your site. And the more that you do that, the more effective your campaigns can be. So don't think about Google Ads and, and search in a vacuum. You have to think about it from your overall marketing perspective of what can I do to improve performance? Because it just kind of feeds on itself that every little piece that helps you over here is going to help you over here. And you just keep climbing up the ladder. I like that subject too. So we're going to dive into that subject <laughs> a bit, Justin, because I like you when Google started going, we'll automatically do stuff for you. I was like, mm, I've seen how much of the Google ad setup is designed to make Google money, not make me or my clients money. And it does seem that in the last maybe six months, it's reached the point where for the certainly for the the more amateur Google person running their own Google ads, there is a lot of scope that Google might actually now do a better job than you of right of driving not as in not you, Justin, I'm sure you can do probably you can almost certainly still do a better <laughs> job than Google, but but can do a better job than the ads manager in certain areas because their algorithms and their mach- machine learning have now reached the level where they deliver a good job, which I I wonder how much that that has been impacted by the fact that with Facebook, Facebook's strategy almost from day one has been, let us do it for you, we'll do a better job than you. And, you know, you see a, a lot of times on Facebook ads, if you get really, really clever with your targeting, it doesn't perform as well as just going whole of UK because the algorithms are on your side on Facebook. And I wonder how much... I, th- I feel like that's pushed Google to actually go to raise their game and make their algorithms better. I love that analogy. And, and what, I, what I remember with Facebook when, when the advertising started first come out, what they did very well, or, or what they did strategically, I should say, was that they courted the small business. And so even without the, the really great targeted campaigns, they said, well, here, let us boost We'll help you boost your post so it's seen more. Just give us a few bucks. So you don't have to know anything. Just give us five bucks yeah. or five pounds, yeah, and and go to town and, and we'll take care of it for you, right? So they really started to build up an advertising base from that way. And I think that's right. I think Google in the beginning was not about that. Google was about people that had a maybe not the large companies, but there were more medium-sized companies that had you know at, at least some budgets for it. I went to a I went to an event that they were doing for agency owners um, in Chicago in in um, just a few more months before the world uh, stopped from that which shall not be named, and they made a prediction at that time that within five years fifty percent of all agencies would go out of business, and I don't know if that's the right number or not. I don't think it's far off if it's wrong though, um, because you had a couple things that are going on. One is that. You have more automation coming in. I'll come back to it in a second. The second part being that it was pretty clear that we're heading towards a depression or at least a recession mm-hmm. um, globally and then certainly within the United States and, and other markets as well. COVID's made things a little bit weird and everything else. But you're seeing – you're actually seeing a lot of that happen right now where there's a ton of m a space. I'm sure you're, you're, a lot of your hosts are dealing with that. I get inquiries into buying us you know, twice a week. So – we're, and we're looking for acquisitions. I mean, that's that's a big part of what I'm trying to do is where can we bolt on to, to make our stuff better? So I do think that's going to happen. On, on the automation front, you know, I think Google's always had a, 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 an interesting relationship with agencies. I don't think that Google overall likes agencies. 
my reps would would bristle when I say this, but I think they would look at it and say, hey, agencies are just taking a piece of the money that we could be getting. Yeah. Instead of they were giving all their budget over to us. But what I think Google realized was we're really bad at making it easy for the owners of the companies, the heads of marketing that aren't really large to be able to do some of these things. So they did have to simplify a lot of what they're doing, but the results also had to be there in, in order for people to to kind of keep paying on that front. You know, I think there's also the part with Google does accept that they don't have the reach and don't want to have the reach of the relationship side of things that is so important to keep, uh, you know, between a company and between yeah. the, the, the agency or the platform or whoever to say, hey, we need to hear what's important to you and let's understand your goals and what do we need to do here? And that's really at that time what Google was pushing. And I, I think makes sense. The agencies that are going to survive are not the ones that can go in there and know how to pull the levers the best within the account. They're the mm-hmm. agencies that can understand your strategy and build a strategy for you and say, well, this is what you need to do from a, a landing page perspective. This is what you need to do from an offer. Let's look at what your competition is doing. How does this work overall with your plan? So that's coming to light now because, to your point, machine learning has gotten better. It's not 100%. It's not foolproof, but it truly has gotten so much better that they're leveling the playing field for Google advertisers on that front and whether you're doing it yourself or you're using an outside partner, it's those people, the best strategy are going to win. I like that. Um, there's, there's two things I want to tackle before we, before we go towards our, our insider tips. Uh, the first is that what I find really particularly interesting about that is the first episode uh, we have in this month of Google ads episodes was with Mike Rhodes uh, from Australia. He's you know, written one of the the best-selling uh, Google ads or the best-selling Google ads book. And he was suggesting that anyone who wants to get started with Google ads should hire an agency and shouldn't touch it themselves with a barge pole, which seems to be the complete opposite to what Google is now aiming for. And that maybe in the next couple of years, we'll be getting to the point where it's a lot more um, safe to start off. And, you know, and you've already shared that, you know, use the dynamic search campaigns as a safe place to get started. So would you say there's still at the moment, right this moment, it's a good time to be able to set it up for yourself? Or would you agree that, because I'm I'm 50-50, I'm torn between you should go to an agency at least for the setup or an expert, or you should fully DIY? It's an awesome question. And there's not, there's not a one size fits all. We, we actually did a webinar on not just for search, uh, but for digital marketing and advertising, does it make more sense for you to hire an agency or to do it in-house? And so there's a lot of things that you'll look at. Um, I think one of the big things you have to look at on the uh, Google search, paid search side of things is what capabilities do you have in-house already? Do people really understand this? Do you have somebody that knows this? Are you going to hire? You get that per- One of the benefits, you get that person 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. They're dedicated to this. They're they're going to really be able to dig in in a way that your agency isn't going to be able to do it. Um, you know, flip sides of that. You know, do you know how to manage them properly? Right? Do you have the expertise to be able to do that? How do you deal with um, you know hiring and how long that takes? What if that person leaves and then going through the process again? And then is that person again benefit is they can dive into it very very deeply on your account. 
drawback is that potentially they're not seeing a lot of other accounts like an agency does where you can learn from so many other places and apply those best practices. So the learning curve isn't kind of as steep there. So um, I do like the idea of having contractor agency or whoever kind of help you set it up to get you off on the right boat. But for some people that money is more important and better spent, you know, doing it in house and they're just going to pay for it with sweat equity. So I, I, I'm happy to always walk through a company or CMO or an owner that I, I speak with and help them make the best decision for them. A lot of times we tell them we're not a good fit for you or even agencies aren't a good fit for you. We do that all the time. Um, but it really isn't, it really is a situational dependent question. So just in the second thing, which it occurs to me, is that there's a whole world of automations we could use and we might not want to use on Google Ads because I'm sure some of them are working better than others. So were there a couple around the keyword piece that that people listening would be crazy not to be at least testing out? I don't think specifically around keywords other than we talked a little bit about dynamic search. If um, you know, I, I think you should be doing that. And I would even say that one thing we didn't talk about previously – I think dynamic search is a great way to test things for SEO as well. So you can see this keyword is going to be a really tough get for us organically. So if we're really going to go all in for it, it's going to take a lot of our time and effort. Let's see how it actually performs first before we spend time on that. So I think using keywords in that way, using dynamic search in that way is a great way to to kind of go between the two. And that's one thing that we're, we're trying to do as an agency and we're hearing from our clients as well is, is don't be so siloed in everything. Think about how everything plays together a little bit more from a general Google automation side of things. I think anything where you're not doing bidding based on a target CPA or a target return on ad spend is crazy. Assuming that you have enough conversion data to make sense. Um, the one, uh, one tip I'll give Make sure your conversions are right and actually matter in the account. Um, sometimes people will use micro conversions as well to see are people taking actions that are important to us, but not all the way of, of getting us to the promised land. I think it's another smart way to do it. But what you want to do, you can choose at the campaign level which conversions you want to optimize towards. And so a lot of times, have it make sense to choose those Um and only choose specific conversions. One of the Google automations that I don't like is that it will a lot of times pull in a conversion where it's that they looked up your your address online or they're doing some things around Google My Business and things like that that, that may make sense for you, but in a lot of times they don't make sense for you. So you just have to be really careful about what's been pulled in and, and be deliberate about what you're choosing for conversions. Nice. I like it. Well, look, Justin, we're going to pause now for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of Google Ads. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing 
platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Justin, so far we've gone deep into keyword advertising. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of Google Ads. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with Google Ads, which of course does include keyword advertising. Justin, you ready for these? I hope so, Chloe. Let's try it out. (laughs) Cool. Okay, uh, let's start with Google Ads newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step with Google Ads, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? One thing I like to say is that, and I hope I didn't say this before, um, that the best thing about Google Ads or AdWords as it was at the time when it started 20 years ago is that anybody could go in without an agency, put in a credit card, and start advertising on their own. The worst thing about Google Ads when it started was that anybody could go into the account, put in a credit card, and start advertising on their own. And I, and again, I'm not pushing agencies. Agencies don't make sense in all situations. Um, outside people don't make sense in all situations. But the biggest mistake that I see is people treat it kind of like you're talking about before. Like this is Facebook. I can just let Google go and do its thing. You're going to waste a lot of money if you do that. So if you are choosing to do this on your own or you're a new account manager, which you have to understand This may be a very small piece of what you do within the organization. Don't set and forget it. You have to be in there multiple times per week. You have to look at the data. You have to look at the search term reports. You have to see where the conversions are coming from. You have to look at analytics to see how people are interacting with your site um, to, to look at the data. So if you're going to do it, just commit to it. And I hear more specific advice, but it's that general mindset that I see is lacking so many times. I could not agree with you more. Um, okay, you once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve Google Ads performance <laughs> when we log in multiple times a week to check? <laughs> I think what you're going in there, you know, I mentioned search query reports are always the the, the thing that I love. Uh, it used to be when I, when I actually managed accounts a million years ago, it was my favorite thing to do is pop open a beer on a Friday afternoon and see some of the ridiculous search queries that were coming through the account. What I'd recommend that if you're doing that is to think like your user and to pull yourself out of this or maybe even get somebody that's, um, you know, a significant other or a friend, you know, that isn't in your industry that doesn't know all the jargon because we all use jargon in our industry. We always jargon within our companies. You called me out on it earlier today, right? Mm -hmm. Get the people that don't understand that jargon and see what that user path looks like. So What's the keyword they typed in? Does that ad make sense for the intent? Because that's what this is about. It's intent. Does that ad make sense? And then when you go to the landing page, is the landing page experience consistent with the intent? And does it match the ad? And does it deliver on the promise that you're doing? And then I'm huge, huge, huge on conversion rate optimization. So please be testing. Um, You know, I... I still see too many times people on the demand generation side of things as opposed to e-commerce. I still see too many people asking for information that you just don't need. People ask for information that will make the advertiser's job easier and not the searcher's job easier. 
you know, I, you'll see people ask like, well, which, which region of the country are you in? That's just so you can route it to your reps, right? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Ask for the least amount of information that you can other than the questions box. I'm a huge fan of the questions box that can improve conversion rates. Um, so I, I threw a lot of things out of there, but but boiling it down, it's user experience, get an outside perspective or really just take off your, your, you know, your company badge when you're looking at it um, and make sure it makes sense to the user. I like that. Okay. If someone listening wants to learn more about Google Ads, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? You know, I, I think there's a few sites out there that do a, a decent job of it. Um, I, of course, because I'm on here talking, I have to plug my own company that we do a lot of webinars. We do a lot of things on our blog. So it'd be great if you check us out on directom.com. Um, one person that just recently started working with us said she got excited about the opportunity when she was applying because of how much free information we gave away. And she loved that we were just kind of gifting that out into the universe. I'm a big fan of if you're starting to go with the Google ad certification courses. Now you have to keep in mind that there is a Google slant to that. They're going to say what's best for Google. At one point, um, <laughs> one of my longtime clients, his favorite thing was that they did math in there. So explaining how you bid and how much you could afford to pay, they said, Okay, well, as long as you make one cent more than what the ad cost, that's profitable for you. And he's like, I'm in business to make a lot more than one cent here. Like this, this doesn't actually work out, Google. But I think it starts there. We actually use that for any of our new people that don't have experience. We put them through that to, to get there. Um, I think Moz still does a pretty good job with, with sharing information around that. Uh, so those are a few of the sources I'd, I'd have people start with. Nice. I like those. Okay. Finally, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for in Google ads? Automation is going to continue to take over everything and you're going to have fewer levers to pull. So one thing we didn't talk about today, because it's not keyword specific, but are Google discover ads, discovery ads. These are I'm a convert. When they first came out, I thought it was a pure cash grab by Google. Because <laughs> what happens is you're turning it over to Google. It's a black box of programmatic machine learning. We're going to go out and find more places and more people that it makes sense to put our ads in front of on Gmail, on YouTube, in the discovery section of Google, the discover section of Google. I thought maybe B2C it'll work. No way for B2B. And I couldn't have been more wrong. So I, first of all, that's my plug for do discovery ads if you, if you haven't already. But the second thing is that's what Google's going to move towards. It wants to simplify everything that it, it helps uh, restrain resources on their end. So it saves them some money, but it also, it's going to make it easier for the novice people to be able to have success with Google ads. And it's turning Google into its, uh, utopian or dystopian uh, ideal of being truly big brother and saying, just give it to us and let us turn over. So that's going to happen more often. You have to be prepared for that. I know that a lot of longtime advertisers really struggle with giving up that control. And it doesn't mean turn everything over to Google, but understand that that's coming. More things like modified broad going away are coming down the pike with Google. So you have to be thinking about that strategy overall, because if Google's going to treat you the same as your competitors, it can't give you both preference. 
Mm-hmm. So you have to be smarter about how you're going to get conversions. Oh, I like that. I like that. The changing world of Google. It was going to be interesting to see what we're talking about when we cover Google ads next year, because it sounds like it's, it's going to be accelerating all those changes. Well, look, Justin, uh, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yeah, absolutely. So um, for the company, please check us out at directom.com. So it's the word direct, O is an online, M is in marketing.com. Um, I would love to connect with everybody. The platform that I use the most is LinkedIn. All I'd ask is please, you know, if you connect with me, just say you heard me on Chloe's show um, so that I, I know and would love to follow and, and learn from you and hopefully be able to share some things that that you can learn from as well. Brilliant. Thank you, Justin. It's been brilliant having you on the show again. I am, I think I've said this at the end of almost every single one of these Google Ads sessions. I now just want to go and play in Google Ads. So I'm going to go and do that now. Uh, and um, Thanks for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Chloe. So there you go. A certain amount of uh, of Google long-timer conspiracy theory bits going in in there from both Justin and I. Um, if you're intrigued by those discovery ads he mentioned, we covered those in our episode number 46, where I was talking with Be- Becky Hopkin and we got into discovery ads because she was telling us what's kind of new in the Google ecosystem. Um, and you can get the links to everything Justin mentioned and that we discussed, the full transcript, important notes and much more at keepoptimizing.com. Uh, as part of my mission to help you improve your Google Ads, I'm bringing together all our guests from this month together for a Q&A webinar um, in the coming days where it's your chance to get your questions answered. And I will be talking about how things are changing, the automation, discovery ads, all that kind of stuff we'll be bringing to the table, plus your questions as well. If you want to join us for that, head to keepoptimizing.com. Click on the link to the Q&A panel webinar and you can sign up there. That will also tell you when it's happening. And if it's already happened, then it'll give you the link to watch the replay. And I know you guys are all over the world. If you're thinking, I'd really like to be there, but I'm going to be asleep at that time, Chloe, then make sure you sign up anyway, because we will send you the re- I will send you the replay within a couple of hours of it happening. And if there's a burning question you really want to ask, but you don't want to have to stay up till 2am or whatever it may be to, uh, to partake, then email me that and I will do my best to get it, que- get it answered for you. Well, look, thank you very much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. It's so cool having so many of you out there. Have a brilliant week and make sure you tune in next month when we're going to be hitting our next topic, which is the organic side of search. So next month is all about SEO and I have some amazing guests and some really fascinating topics lined up for you. So make sure you tune in next Wednesday for the first of our SEO episodes. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.